Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Entrepreneurs Podcast. Now, for those of you who have uh, listened to us before, welcome back. For those of you who are new, welcome. This podcast was originally started because my mom and I still own, uh, co-own our business, Banded Pines, together, and we have been in the dog Uh, gear industry for a little over five years now and it's something that we're very passionate about and we have noticed that there is still a lack of transparency in the dog world that we are aiming to help fill and help give customers inside of the dog industry a better look at what kind of goes on behind the scenes. Now, this podcast is going to be a little bit of a controversial one, but I just have felt all day an impression and it keeps coming back to me that I need to talk about this and I need to put a disclaimer in here because, of course, there are a lot of people out there who believe that we have a very malicious intent or a negative intent behind creating really any content. Um, talking about the less than pretty side of the dog industry. And you can feel free to disagree with everything that I talk about here, everything that we talk about as a business, and you can feel free to ignore the facts. But the truth of the matter is that we have freedom of speech for a reason. And these are all things that my mom and I have experienced firsthand. These are not like made up scenarios. There's These are all real things that my mom and I have experienced Uh, sometimes over and over repeatedly in this industry. And I feel like it's my responsibility to share with you, the consumer of these products, and you as the owners of these businesses, to kind of give you guys a better feel of what's going on behind the scenes with some of your favorite shops and for business owners to kind of know what's going on behind the scenes in the industry. Because we've been in this industry for so long, there's a lot of patterns that we've seen repeat over and over again. And it's something that we feel very much so dictates Uh, which businesses are really here to help you guys as customers and to help their fellow business owners and which businesses are just out there to make money. And sadly, it does feel like sometimes there's a lot more of the people that are out there just to make money or just to feel relevant, just to, you know, fit into a a friend group or a certain group of dog owners. And um, we're here to just kind of talk about the realness behind it. We're here to talk about what's really going on behind the scenes. And I'm really, really excited to start this podcast. Okay, today's podcast is about Eco Canvas. And just me even saying the words and probably you hearing the words kind of gives you a little twinge in your stomach just a little bit. (laughs) I know it does for me. Eco Canvas has a very, very interesting history in the dog industry. And there is a lot of misinformation out there as to not only which companies, you know, started using EcoCanvas first, uh, which brands actually are still putting out EcoCanvas, which we'll get into later as to why nobody should be using EcoCanvas right now if you're advertising your products as durable or waterproof because they're not anymore. EcoCanvas is not fit into that category by any stretch of the word. So What we're going to get into today is the downfall of EcoCanvas and the story behind its entire lifeline. And now we're kind of starting to see a decline in EcoCanvas. And I'm predicting that we're going to see another big rebrand of a lot of companies that use EcoCanvas. I think that because EcoCanvas has just become a material that is simply not reliable, not only in the quality, but also in the print, uh, the color matching is so, so, so far on the spectrum. Uh, the fact that it is very prone to fraying, 
even just simply sewing the material together can cause fraying and a lot of other stuff like that. So we're going to jump into all of that stuff in this podcast. And again, another disclaimer, every single scenario that I talk about when I say shops, I'm talking about everyone, myself and us included. So I do not want anything that I say in this podcast to be misinterpreted as that I am directly attacking different shops or that I am trying to target competition because that is not at all what this podcast is about. This podcast is about exposing the real lifeline of EcoCanvas and what's really going on with EcoCanvas because I can promise you right now that nobody else will tell you the truth of what's going on. That's just the sad reality of the industry that we're in and there is not a lot of vulnerability. Guess why? Because when you're vulnerable in the dog industry, people will take what you built and rebrand it to look like their own thing. And it is a huge, huge problem in the dog industry and really in the whole dog Instagram scene. It's just really, really bad. All right, guys, let's just dive into the very, very start of EcoCanvas. Where did EcoCanvas come from? Why did it show up? Uh, so I'm going to take you back about six to seven years ago uh, to the dog Instagram community that was six to seven years ago. And it was a fairly new um, niche. I believe that it had obviously been around long before that, but I feel like it kind of started to get its traction and relevancy about six to seven years ago. And at this time, I was actually working at PetSmart. My husband and I lived in a little city in southeast Idaho. And there was a lot, there wasn't a ton of dog shops. There was really like, I would say like the big five, um, like Zaley Designs, um, Atlas and uh, Olive and Atlas was another one that I remember. Um, I think like Harbor Hound Co. was one. Uh, Hound Co. was another one. Like there's just a few that were kind of big, um, but there wasn't the same kind of like competition that there is now. It kind of felt like those shops were just kind of there. They were just kind of present. Uh, mo- the majority of them were also just et- on Etsy. So um, I remember Zaley Designs, a uh, really big dog collar company absolutely admire her she has built her business from the ground up and was a huge inspiration for us when we first started and I remember the first time so I had an account for voodoo my husky so I followed all these shops and I had purchased collars from different shops and uh, found myself disappointed in the price compared to what you got which was a collar that usually lasted like one to two weeks which is no hate on the shops it's because they were using cotton materials and cotton is obviously plant-based so they tend to wear down quicker they fray uh, the fibers of the collar actually start to uh, deteriorate after continued use especially with dogs because they scratch and you know there's tags flinging around all that kind of stuff so the reason that these collars at the time were falling apart is simply because the materials were not designed to stand up for a long time, which is completely fine because none of these collars were being advertised that way. They were being advertised as luxury aesthetic collars, which is exactly what they were. And they were beautiful. And there was a really, really good industry for it. Now, I saw Zaley Designs start to open up and be more vocal about how uh, she was being copied. There were quite a few shops who were stealing her uh, fabric choices. To the defense of the industry in the at the time that it was starting to gain traction, um, nobody was making their own designs. Uh, there was mostly just people were getting fabric from online or in-person sources. And so you could <laughs> write it off as, okay, well, they just happened to buy the same fabric as another shop, you know, because that, that obviously happens. So 
What we started to see, though, was there were these specific shops that were very much copying not only the collars, but also the uh, brand design, the photography style, the ambassador style, the, the wording of the written posts were almost carbon copied of other people's uh shops which in my opinion is not right that is stealing you are taking what someone else is creating from scratch and relabeling it as your own which in my opinion again an opinion is not okay but that's my own opinion so I remember seeing this as just Voodie's mom on Instagram and I just felt so sick to my stomach and felt kind of powerless um, to see someone that I so admired be kind of trampled on and then not only trampled on but by the, the shops that were copying her but At the same time, she was also being attacked by their customers and their followers who um, didn't didn't care. They chose to basically see past the facts and basically only accept the things that they believed were true, which was, well, my shop isn't doing anything illegal, so it's fine. And just kind of choosing to ignore that. So um, at the time, everyone was just doing cotton collars for the most part, um, fabric cotton collars. So. When I originally came to my mom with the idea for our shop, which I've already told that story, um, I told her, I want our stuff to be durable. You know, I want our stuff to look good and be durable. There's there's nothing on the market right now for it. And I had spent two years on Instagram, you know, seeing and following these people. So I knew the industry fairly well. Granted, I hadn't actually gotten into the industry, but I had observed enough to know what was out there and what was being made. So when my mom and I originally got together, I said, okay, so, you know, we're going to we're going to figure out all the different ways that we can make our stuff like stain proof, waterproof. But I said from the very beginning, you guys, nowadays it's cool for shops to say that they're designing their own stuff. But we did it five years ago and we started our company that way. We never used fabric that we had just gone and bought like at the store. These were always either either patterns that we completely made up ourselves or we purchased the rights for anything like that. Like we wanted this stuff to be our own because we didn't want to copy anyone and we wanted to make sure that it never even happened on accident. So how do we do that? We completely control everything that's going in and out of our shop, which means that we design everything ourselves. And not only did that give us a competitive edge, uh, just simply that we had something literally no one else could have. It also helped us to set ourselves apart as, hey guys, uh, we see that the copying is a problem. We want to be different. We don't want to follow that same trend. So with that being said, we started making cotton collars because that was all that was available at the time. So I remember, I think I just did like a quick Google search of like custom fabric uh, and Spoonflower came right up. Now this was like five, six years ago. When Spoonflower was, uh, I feel like, was a much smaller company. Granted, they were still large, but they were much smaller. We, uh, you know, purchased our cotton fabric from them with custom designs, and that was how we originally started. And after about a year of being in business, and I say being in business, we literally sold like two to five collars a month, you guys. We were like making no money. But after being in business for a year, we started getting feedback from people because once again, we started our company with a lifetime warranty. That wasn't just something that we implemented later. That was literally from day one. We have had a warranty on our products, which was something else no one was offering in the industry at the time. And we were getting a lot of emails of people saying, hey, our cotton collars, you know, they're they're falling apart and fraying after just two weeks of use, Um, you know is this replaceable under warranty? We said yes. And then my mom and I realized this is a problem. (laughs) Like the warranty doesn't fix the fact that these people are paying 
you know, at the time, I think we started our collars at like 28 or $30. They were way, way, way. We didn't understand margins at the time. <laughs> we had a lot of people that were writing us in and saying this stuff's falling apart. And we said, okay, how do we fix this? So I told my mom, okay, what's the problem? The problem's the fabric. So we need to find something. So I said, maybe Spoonflower has a different fabric that will work. So I actually reached out to the company, Spoonflower, and I said, hey, we are wanting to find a more durable uh, material for our dog collars um, because we're trying to pursue making durable aesthetic collars. What do you guys have uh, as far as materials that will do this for us? And the lady wrote us back and she said, we have a, a material called Eco Canvas. Um, you know, it's 45% recycled. It is naturally water and stain resistant, uh, very durable. We use it for like, you know, outdoor pillows and whatnot. We said, great, that sounds perfect. Let's get samples and test it. So we got the samples and we tested it and we were floored at how good this fabric was. It was incredible. So we said, absolutely, we're going to switch over to this. This is something that a lot of other people don't know. And this is also why I want to start talking about this stuff on the podcast. When we switched over to Eco Canvas, we contacted every single person who had bought a product from us and we said we want to send you a replacement collar completely for free we don't care if the one you have right now is good or bad we want to send you a second collar free of charge to replace the old one just to show you guys how dedicated we are to quality and making products that we want to better at the time i think we had like maybe over a thousand followers we were very very small us doing that didn't ever get attention but it's fine because we didn't want attention for it. Honestly, that was something that we just felt was right. And that kind of is a testament, I feel like, to the basis of our of our business. Like most people don't even know that we ever did that. And now you guys do because, you know, we're telling the story of Eco Canvas, but it was not important for us for people to, you know, know that we did that or for us to do that just for kudos. We wanted to do that to really show our customers that we cared. Now, after that, this is when we failed. And I want to tell you guys the story because uh, maybe you guys can make a smarter choice than us. But we decided to say what fabric we were using because we were so excited to finally have this incredible breakthrough. Now, I don't say this as in like, I wish we hadn't because inevitably everyone would have found out about Eco Canvas anyway, because it really it was such an incredible material. And we said, hey, guys, we're introducing Eco Canvas collars. And let me tell you guys this. There was no one using Eco Canvas in the market at the time. I promise you. There are so many shops that have like a cult following that are obsessed with this idea that every time we tell people that we were the first ones to use Eco Canvas because we were, they just freak out and act like we're trying to undermine what everyone else did. And the truth of the matter is no one was using Eco Canvas before we did. And I don't say that to like take claim to Eco Canvas because at this point, everybody that's using it can have it. Like we want nothing to do with it. That's also a testament to why it's not good to copy. Even just as a moral thing, you are always going to be 10 steps behind the company that originally paved the way. There is a reason why we are going to be the only company that is printing our own fabric in the dog industry. There is a reason for that. The reason is because we haven't spent the past five years trying to copy everyone else and try to figure out what they're doing that works. We are paving our own way and we have made it a mission for ourselves that we will continue to grow and fight for originality and to never take away from other people. And because we have had those morals and standards to guide us this entire way, that is the only reason why we are able to print our own fabric right now. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with how many ambassadors we have representing our products. 
It is because we never strayed from the original morals and standards that we set for ourselves, not only as a business, but as people. So once we switched over to EcoCanvas completely, we obviously, after a year of talking about the fabric, people started using it. Um, <laughs> there were a few people that bought our collars that we already knew and suspected were sharing our designs and materials with the copycat companies who now make EcoCanvas collars. Um, and that was something that we just understood came with the industry. And um, I think for me, after the year, um, the first year that we were the only company making EcoCanvas collars, and then after that year, we started seeing a few notoriously copycat shops start to, you know, start to talk about their own EcoCanvas collars. And I think the thing that I've talked to my mom about nowadays, the thing that bothered me the most was not that they were using the same material as us because anybody can buy material. What was so upsetting to us was that they were claiming that their product did the same thing as ours when they were completely different products. There are so many things that we personally put and implement into our collars that we know for a fact no one else in the industry does. And it's because they're trying to cut corners, which is, once again, completely legal. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just that's not something personally that we want to set our, for ourselves as a standard. They were copying our captions. They were copying all the testing and the actual research that we did. And then they would flip it around and go, OK, well, you know, we were doing research, too. It's like, no, <laughs> research doesn't mean that you see what someone else is doing and you copy and paste that. Research is when you don't know where else to go and you are fighting for something, a, a creation that you want to make better. And you're putting in hours and hours and hours of basically like blindly feeling around on the Internet to find what you hope you're looking for. And if you can't find that thing, hoping that you'll be able to make it, you know, custom for yourself. That was a huge issue for us in the beginning. And I think that that was what really stemmed people really disliking us for talking about being original eco canvas collars because I was going about talking about it the wrong way. I was very aggressive in my approach. I was definitely very, very, very spiteful in the beginning because I was new to business. I had no idea what I was doing, you guys. I was a freaking noob. <laughs> I did not know what I was doing. And my mom didn't either. And so when we started receiving all of this hate, it was kind of a wake-up call as to, whoa, okay, so, you know, clearly we're going about this the wrong way. We need to reevaluate how we're approaching talking about uh, what we use and being vulnerable with our customers. We first started noticing the really, really bad issues with EcoCanvas about three years ago. And this was when we had an office in Nampa and we had kind of just started to venture into scaling our business or trying to grow bigger. We were ordering a lot of fabric at a time. We were ordering anywhere from like 20 to 30 yard batches of, you know, tons of different uh, patterns of fabric. We were getting in, you know, thousand dollar orders at least every single, you know, I don't know, couple couple weeks a month. So it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but for us as a startup business, it was a lot of money. And I mean, you're paying, you, EcoCanvas is $32 a yard. It is very, very expensive. So for Spoonflower to be creating this fabric that they're quite literally lying to their customers about what its capabilities are now was just so disheartening because they're like, we've seen comments on our recent post about the whole EcoCanvas problem is that there are so many businesses that are so reliant on EcoCanvas. They quite literally cannot get anything else. Granted, while they didn't really set themselves up for success because they were still just following a trend 
it was not right for Spoonflower to just completely change the material, change the ink and the printing practice without telling any of their customers when all of their customers were relying on them for their business and their livelihood. So that was kind of the issue that we started running into three years ago is we would get in these massive orders of fabric and we saw these small spots where it looked like the ink hadn't set in properly. There were also these massive splotches where um, we treat all of our fabric with a uh, waterproof spray that is natural and eco-friendly. And we would notice that when we brushed it over the material, it wouldn't stick in some areas. So we literally had to just cut those spots out and throw them away. It was so wasteful and sad and it kind of breaks my heart knowing that we've worked so hard to be an eco-friendly business that we were disposing of so much fabric that we couldn't even use and that Spoonflower wouldn't take back or refund us for because they didn't see a problem with what we had received even though we had contacted them about it multiple times and that's kind of a segue into the other reason why we're obviously not going to be using EcoCampus anymore uh, from this point forward is because their customer service is like beyond terrible. <laughs> their customer service is probably one of the worst customer service uh, things I've ever worked with with the company. And I don't say that lightly because I have to talk to a lot of different companies <laughs> and a lot of different people with owning a business. And let me tell you guys, there was at one point where we were going back and forth with one of the customer service reps for Spoonflower because we had received a massive batch of fabric that was not only splotchy, but it also none of the prints matched our other prints. So it would literally be the exact same pattern in two different batches. And one of them would be completely different. We're not talking about a slight color difference because that's obviously expected with printing. You can't guarantee it's going to look the same every single time. But the fact that it was literally the same pattern that we had already proofed a swatch of before and it was coming out a completely different color was so disappointing so obviously we did what anyone would do we contacted the company and said hey uh we think you had a misprint can we have either have reprints of these fixed or uh can we have a refund and they basically continuously went back and forth with us and would not accept the blame they continued to try to blame it on us that we hadn't checked the swatches even though we had so I went back and forth with this lady for probably two weeks and she finally gave us a refund it literally was like pulling teeth to get her to give us a refund and after that point I believe that we wrote into Spoonflower we sent a huge batch back with a very like annoyed note that was basically saying like it's ridiculous that you guys are sending us this fabric when it's not what we've proved and you're making us pay ludicrously expensive prices for something that is not actually showing up as what you're advertising it for or sorry advertising it as and then after all of that happened we kind of just gave up on it and just rolled our eyes and just said well there's nothing we can do I guess you know we'll just use what we can and uh once it kind of got to that point uh we started even noticing more problems as they came in and we didn't really say much about it because honestly we were just more annoyed with it than anything else it wasn't like it was unusable fabric uh it was just really annoying little discolorations and flaws so we get this email from the spoonflower customer rep lady a different one and I don't know if they brought her on because they had so many angry customers or why, but she just emailed us out of the blue and was basically like, hey, I'm trying to like come in here and follow up with uh, the different customers that we have that are purchasing our products. So at this point, we are obviously um, surprised that anyone is trying to fix 
this problem because at this point we've been going back and forth with the Spoonflower people for, I don't know, some odd like a year, <laughs> maybe like nine months to a year um, with these issues. And uh, we had basically gotten like sucks to suck, guys. Like there's nothing we can do. So we get this email from this lady and she says, hey, uh, we're trying to make this right with all of the customers that we've wronged, basically. Um, I've issued you a refund for like two of your orders. Um, let us know if you have any issues or complaints or whatever. So we accepted the refund and we we're like, okay, thankfully, at least they made it right. You know, we'll just kind of keep an eye out and see if they try to make it better. So basically over the next three years, everything just progressively continued to get worse. And Eco Canvas changed from the time that we first started using it five or six years ago. And it was an incredible material. And in my opinion, changed the dog industry for good because now it feels like everybody has it, which is awesome because it really is an incredible material. But from the five to six year mark to where we are now, I personally, my mom and I have noticed um, Eco Canvas has changed uh, something between six to seven to eight different times. So between uh, in the past like five to six years, we've received five, six to seven to eight different versions of Eco Canvas. So different materials completely that they're advertising as the same thing. Now Spoonflower has tried to come out and say that they are working on a new Eco Canvas. And to all the new shops that are using Eco Canvas, that's like, okay, great. They're actually working on something. They're not. We have been getting that message from Spoonflower for literally the past almost four years now, we've been told by Spoonflower that, eco, you know, they're going to fix the eco canvas. We're going to figure out something that works. When in reality, they're not actually working on fixing the problem. What they're doing is they're trying to find a manufacturer that can give them the best profit margins for the printing. So that way they can still sell eco canvas as eco canvas, even though it won't perform the way that they have said eco canvas used to uh, under the same name. And um, I think at this point, they've also switched even over their ink because um, the last straw for us was when we just received all of the fabric from our neon collection and we had ordered samples and they looked great. And then we ordered, um, I would say, I believe we ended up canceling $800 worth of fabric with them um, after we received the first batch and it was shiny, which we had never seen Eco Canvas come in shiny. That was something new. Um, and so my mom and I were like, okay, you know, we'll just see how it is because it seems like every batch from, from Spoonflower has something wrong with it at this point. Something is a defect. And my mom uh, had our seamstress uh, put a few of the collars and bandanas together. And what she found was that just by sewing the material into the shape of a collar or into the form of a collar, um, not only did the material start to fray and pull apart and get runs in it, um, just the sewing machine foot rubbed off all of the ink on one spot, which means that either they are not heat treating the fabric anymore and they're just trying to get out as much stuff as they can during the whole COVID craziness, uh, which is a big no-no. That literally means that there's no point in printing their fabric because the ink won't even stay on the fabric, the material. Um, or two, they are simply just buying a cheaper ink and that ink is not 
accustomed to being printed. So different inks can be printed on different materials. And the only reason we know this is because we're trying to start printing our own fabric. And um, you have certain inks that work and are compatible with natural fibers. So cotton, silk, wool, that kind of stuff. And then you have inks that are specifically can only be printed on um, plastic based fabric. So polypropylenes, polyester, that kind of stuff. So they may be using the wrong kind of ink, but regardless, Eco Canvas is very, very far from the material that it used to be. And from this point forward, we have decided that we are no longer going to be purchasing another, uh, even a fat quarter of Eco Canvas. Uh, we are choosing to take the higher road and really take a big hit for us, which is, I mean, you guys know this is our livelihood. Um, launches mean that we eat or we don't eat sometimes. And uh, we had to stop the launch of our neon collection, which we were planning on launching on June 12th, which is like a couple weeks away. And we had to postpone that because all the fabric that we received from our recent order with Spoonflower was unusable. There was absolutely zero way that we were going to put that out into the world. And um, the other thing that I forgot to touch on is our National Parks collection. Something that I will tell you guys that uh, you may not know is that we've had to replace, I would say probably like 20 to 30 different orders uh, just from that one launch, we've already had to replace them under warranty. And you guys remember, we literally just launched those a few months ago. So that tells you how crappy the fabric is and how upsetting it is that there are still so many shops that are trying to sell it and act like everything's fine and hunky-dory and our fabric's fine and you know they're getting the same exact fabric that we are you guys the fabric and the ink are not any different with any other shop than they are with us we don't have a special in with Spoonflower. they are all getting the same exact stuff that we are and i think that it is just scary that they can't talk about it because if they talk about it then that means that they can't keep making products with it or they have to rebrand it and stop saying that it's durable and adventure ready and water resistant and all that stuff because Eco Canvas is not that anymore. Even if you treat it, you guys, we treated our fabric. We are one of the few companies that actually treat our fabric when we use it. Most companies just make stuff with Eco Canvas, which it works very well or sorry, worked. It doesn't anymore, but it worked very well to re repel stains and water and we even treat ours on top of that. And we treated it before we sewed it and it still wore the ink off, which means the ink, there is no way that ink was treated, was heat treated. So now that we've kind of covered why our personal company will not be using Eco Canvas anymore and kind of why we feel there's been somewhat of a downfall of Eco Canvas in the past year or so, um, is we are going to obviously start printing our own fabric. And this is something that we've talked about for three years now that we've been wanting to do we've wanted to print our own fabric actually really since we originally started the company but we knew that there was no way that we could purchase the machines uh, meant for that kind of printing and for us this is exactly where we need to be and when we got the news that or saw the eco the eco canvas that came in for the neon collection um obviously we were heartbroken uh and distraught because we have freaking killed ourselves just about trying to get this collection out 
in time for summer and just making sure that the the patterns are different than any of you guys have seen they're so beautiful I, I know I hate to do that to you guys and not show you what they look like um, but we are still launching them hopefully within the next month or two if we can get everything with the fabric going in a timely but efficient manner because obviously we want to make sure that what we're putting out is the highest possible quality that it can be and um, this move has been something that we've been wanting to do for years and because of that we have been researching for the past two years uh, what machines we want to use, what kind of fabric we want to print on, and what inks, just everything, you guys. And thankfully, we are already kind of like, we've done all the research that we need to do. Now we just need to pull the money together and focus on making sure that this fabric and material is something that we are going to be able to produce. And we can't wait until that day happens. But until then, we just want to thank you guys for your support. All the, always, always, always. Um, thank you for following us on our journey. I'm sure that for a lot of you guys who have followed us for a very, very long time, this whole podcast has kind of just been like a refresher of what you've observed and seen for yourself because it's no secret. All the things that I've talked about with you guys right now, there are obviously a few things that aren't like disclosed to the general public, but there are a lot of things that um, normal average dog Instagrammers can totally see. You, you guys, if you're looking for these kind of things and these little red flags to know um, if a company has your best intentions at heart, just observe how they treat their customers. Observe how transparent are they really being with you guys. Are there other companies in the industry that are talking about issues and those companies that you are not sure if you can trust or not are not talking about those issues and they're still producing products with the, the materials that have issues? It's not a secret that those people are only in it for the money. If you really care about the products that you're putting out, if you really care about the people that you're selling products to, you cannot in good conscience send them something that you know will fall apart on them, that you know is not truly standing up to the words that you're saying it is. And the only person that you're going to end up hurting is yourself. And as a consumer of dog products, I think that it's smart of you guys to look out for yourselves. It's smart for you guys to look around and see, okay, you know, if EcoCanvas has all of these issues, then why are there still companies selling them? Like, selling EcoCanvas. I mean, it's not an issue if you're not trying to sell it as a durable waterproof collar because EcoCanvas does not perform that way anymore. It simply doesn't. There has been multiple, multiple cases because we actually warranty our products. So we get feedback from our customers of what's working and what's not. We have replaced so many products with EcoCanvas and we will continue to replace those products for our customers because we stand by what we send out. And if it doesn't do what we say it does for you guys, guess what? We will replace it for you or we will refund you because we care about our customers and we care about the products that you guys are using on your dogs because we never want to lose your guys' trust in us as a business. If you guys take anything away from this podcast, please, please, please just know that we are so incredibly grateful for this opportunity that we have to grow. This whole experience has been really frustrating and honestly bittersweet because EcoCanvas has been like our baby since we started our company and it's really, really hard to let things like that go sometimes. But if you guys have ever heard my analogy of the current bush, which is one of my favorite stories, granted it's more based in religion, the story starts with a farmer who goes out into his uh, field and he sees a current bush sitting there. And the current bush has overgrown itself, basically. It's a huge bush, but because it's grown so large, it cannot produce fruit anymore. 
So the gardener goes in and he cuts all of the branches off so that way the plant can grow again and produce fruit. If you guys don't know, when you cut a currant bush, it's kind of like a dandelion uh, weed where when you pick it, it starts to milk almost. The story is that the farmer says he could almost hear the currant bush saying, why would you cut me down? I've produced such beautiful leaves for you. Why would you do this to me? How could you do this to me? And almost as if the currant bush is crying, the gardener says, little currant bush, I am the gardener and I know what's best for you and I know how you can best produce fruit. And so um, the gardener leaves and then the next time that he comes up to the bush, which would be seasons or yeah, seasons later, he sees that the currant bush has started to produce fruit. And the currant bush says, thank you, gardener, for loving me enough to cut me down. And for us, that story has really carried us through a lot of the challenges and trials that we faced as business owners, because this is just one of many, many roadblocks that we've we've hit as a business and will hit. We, you know, it's kind of like as you grow, the problems get bigger, even though they seem easier because you might have you know, more connections or more money, or you might be farther along in business than you were before, but different challenges are still challenges. Just because they seem easier doesn't necessarily mean they are. I think for us, by discontinuing the use of EcoCanvas effective immediately, and doing the right thing, even though it's the hard thing, is what we've stood for since we started this business, and it's what we'll continue to stand for. And at the same time, it's also frustrating with Spoonflower. Spoonflower has done absolutely nothing except lie and throw out uh, empty promises to their customers about how they're going to better EcoCanvas, and they never have. They clearly don't have any mission or vision for their employees or their products that they're producing. They're just trying to scale and scale and make money and make money. And sadly, a lot of businesses are run that way, and a lot of business advisors tend to push businesses in that way. So to their defense, I mean, if their only <laughs> goal is to grow, they're doing a really good job of it, but they're losing some of their most important customers. And more importantly, they're losing their whole reason for starting business, really, which is to give people custom good fabric. And that is just not reality anymore. I mean, granted, they're still giving people custom fabrics, but... They're definitely not usable, in my opinion, even some of the cheaper ones. So I just wanted to add this in there and just let you guys know that we really, really are so grateful for this opportunity to grow. Um, it's definitely a challenge and a trial, but we're going to get through it just like we've gotten through everything else we ever have. So I hope that this podcast episode was really informative for you guys. I hope you learned something new. Hopefully you kind of have a better understanding and feel like you're more at an in with what's really going on behind the scenes, especially with the materials that different companies are using. It's a very like dog eat dog world. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Huh, dad jokes. <laughs> it's a very like dog eat dog world in the dog industry and it is very secretive and there's not a lot of conversation around what really goes on behind the scenes. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse into it and to kind of feel like you have a better understanding of what's going on with the companies that you love. As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please shoot us a DM or an email. We love to hear from you guys. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode and if you want to hear more of me being risky and talking about kind of controversial things because it's not easy for me to do because I already know there's a whole freaking group of people that don't like me. So you guys got to help me out here with, <laughs> with these episodes. So if you like episodes like this, please, please leave us a review. We hope you guys enjoyed and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye.